Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. And tonight, we have a very special guest, Adam Corson, who has a movie being released tomorrow, is in the middle, and is also in the middle of a premiere season of his TV show, which is very well-received and awesome, called Surreal Estate. Adam, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this to this chat. It's going to be fun. And just like we were talking a little bit before we went live, uh, like I said, you have a movie that is premiering tomorrow in theaters. You're in the middle of a season of a very successful TV show. How does that all feel? It's a wild ride. You know, this business, it, it's, it's crazy how things come together, right? I mean, we shot the stairs at the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's, that was an indie feature. And you never know when it comes to an indie feature, how it's all going to come together. Um, thankfully, we had a phenomenal team, a phenomenal production company, um, director, um, producer. And, and, you know, when we, were, when we were putting it together, it felt like it was special. It felt like it had something. Um, but you never know, you never know what's going to happen when it gets into post. And once it's in post, you're like, is anybody going to see this? And then the pandemic happened. And you know I mean? Like all these things, um, that, that nobody expected. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're here, you know, two years later. Um, and I don't know if the gods or the universe aligned in this in a special way. I don't know. Maybe I, I did a couple of extra Hail Marys or, you know, I don't know what I did, but, but for, for this all to come together in, in one moment, um, is, is so special and I'm so grateful for it. You know, I don't take anything for granted. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's really cool that it's all coming together as it, as it, it has and if you guys are interested in going to watch the stairs like i said it is premiering and i believe like at least 700 theaters across the united states uh tomorrow it's uh, it's being sponsored by fathom events i've seen the movie i recommend it it's a great story we've had the director peter drago Tyman, as our previous guest as well so let's get more into the stairs and then we're going to talk about surreal estate your character nick in the stairs is uh not a risk taker you know he's very logical uh sees things from a very logical perspective is that how you would describe yourself or did you have to draw inspiration from somewhere else to get into nick's character i have to say when when i sort of came in um pretty late in the day i believe um the the project came to me from Jeremy Gordon, who's our casting director, a phenomenal casting director. And, and I read the script um, and immediately fell in love with Nick. And I don't know, I think it's sometimes you read, you read a character and you just get him. You just understand exactly where, where he's at. I don't know. I, I def, look, there's always a part of me in, in any character that I play where I can draw. There's a, there's, I can draw from, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, definitely back in the day, you know, as a, as a kid growing up, I am, um, you know, I was the I was the one that would joke around. You know, I I I wanted to sort of be part of the group, and Nick wants to be part of that group. He comes completely ill prepared for this hike, which is also something that I've been known to do, not on hikes but on bike rides. Uh, it, what is it? Four pair of jeans you brought? <laughs> four, pair, four pair of jeans or, or seven pairs? Yeah, four pairs of jeans and like eight cans of chili, and you know, it's just like. 
not ready for what this hike is supposed to be. But he, um, but he wants to be part of the group. He just wants to belong. And, um, he's got his brother there and, and he's the one that's getting teased. Um, there, there are parts of that that I could definitely draw on, but, um, credit to, to, um, our writers, you know, Peter co-wrote with Jason Lowe. And, um, there was just something about the script that, it, that clicked for me, that mm -hmm. it just connected, I connected with Nick very, very quickly. Now, did you actually read the script before you booked a role or did you not get a glimpse of the script till after you got the part? I was able to look at the script before, okay. which is always helpful. Um, and especially, I remember the, the piece that I laid down on tape um, that went to, to Peter um, Drago was in the van, in the scene mm -hmm. in the van. And I tell a story about my brother, and um, I don't want to give too much away, but um, out of you don't really know where that's coming from in, in, in the movie. If you were just to look at that one scene, you don't know what's, what's happened before. Um, so for me, I needed to read that script. I needed to see the journey. Because especially with Nick, he goes through such an incredible arc in this film. Uh, you, you, I really needed to know. Um, and then after after I, I, I booked the job, I was able to have conversations with Peter um, in depth about Nick, uh, about the project. What was really cool was, was when he said that we were going to be using practical effects. Yes. For me, that was like throwback to, you know, you know, horror films from the 80s and, mm -hmm. and you know, or I was like, that's just the coolest thing. And I love CGI and CGI is, has allowed us to do so much on film. But when you can go back to like the root, you know, of it all and use practical, it's just, I think it's a game changer. It almost, for me, makes things more scary. Now, Peter told us, uh, you know, in the scene of the movie, there is somebody that's on fire. And that was Peter. Peter comes from a stunt background. What was it like seeing him in action like that? It was really cool. I was I was on set that day when when um, we lit him on fire, and it was having him as a stunt coordinator on this particular film because it was very physical. This was probably mm -hmm. the most physical production I've ever been a part of. When it came, and I was doing my own stunts as well. Um, having him guide us with those scenarios, um, you immediately felt safe. Yeah. He was able to structure the set as he would, I'm, I'm assuming, on any set that he's coordinating. Um, but it, it's it's dangerous. It's real. It's, you know, he is getting lit on fire and, and protocols and procedures were put in place. You know, we were we had to be quiet. There was, you know, I can't go into details because yeah. it's something that's so foreign to me. Um, but uh, when I was doing particular stunts, it just I felt so safe knowing that he was there, mm -hmm. you know, steering the ship and guiding guiding me. Um, it was very cool. Very, very cool. cool. It, yeah, it is very cool. Now, were you always auditioning for Nick? Were they ever contemplating you for any other role, like the, your brother, or was always for Nick? It was always Nick. Again, I, I think I'm pretty sure I came in sort of late in the game. Um, I think they were having a little bit of trouble finding the Nick character. Um, and... Um, yeah, it was. I think it, it happened all very quickly. I got the script, I got the the sides, I, I threw it on tape, um, and I think it was maybe I want to say a week, maybe two later. It was I was in Seattle. Wow, that's awesome. Now, yeah. uh, do you know 
if the story which is told in the stairs uh is it drawn from a real life myth or was it something that was completely created just for the movie as far as you know as far as i know that came from the brain of, of peter and peter. jason yeah I, they they um they were drawing on their own personal experiences um i think that from what i remember Peter was talking about that there was this mythology, though, around stairs. People were finding stairs in the woods. That sort of sparked it for him in creating this whole world and this whole story. Um, and what I love about this film is that it leaves a lot of unanswered questions, which for me, I'm like, oh, like that leaves room for so much more. Like I want to I want to know more. I think like when 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 content is spoon fed to the audience, it sort of dumbs us down. Yeah. And this like with the way again, the way they put it all together, it leaves room for you to use your imagination for you know more storytelling. But what was cool is when we were shooting this, um, you know, they had all the, their their production lined up and the days of what we were going to do, and we were shooting in the woods in, in, in Seattle or just outside, and they came across these structures in the woods. Like these, and we actually we ended up featuring one of them in in the film. They didn't build it. We don't know who built it, but it was like we're in the woods. We're filming this this you know story about this like mythical staircase, whatever it is, and we're seeing this. It was it sort of it gave. I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it. Yeah. Now I'm a city person. Are you the outdoorsman type? Uh, go camping. I'm. You know, keep me in the big city. I'm happy. I have no <laughs> desire to sleep in a tent on dirt. Yeah. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm definitely a city boy. I love the city. You can. You can get me in the woods. But <laughs> if you get me in the woods, I'm gonna be a bit like Nick. I'm gonna be like. You know, overpacking, what am I bringing? You know, I'm going to go on Amazon or, you know, some equipment store. I'm, me too. I won't be prepared. Yeah, yeah, you me know? too. I could totally, I'm like, I can relate to Nick's character. That would be me. That would be me. Right. I mean, I would think of every possible scenario that can go wrong, and I would come prepared uh, right. for it. Was this your first time working with Peter? Yeah, it was my first time working with Peter. Uh we had just met yet yeah, on that phone call um, after I don't even think I had booked the role yet when we talked. We had sort of a meeting on the uh, uh, on a FaceTime. Um, that was the first time I met him and, and talked with him. And like I said, we had a great great conversation. It was it was you know you, you sit down and you talk with the director. You you hope that that director has a vision, mm -hmm. which he did. Yeah. You know yeah. Uh, we were able to really go in depth with Nick. Um, and sort of what he what he saw for this film, and again, like seeing this finished product, you know, it's it's he definitely had that vision. That vision yeah. that we were talking about way back in the day came to fruition. Which which you know, you it's a it's a level of trust one you know, of, when you're working with the director. One of the questions that he uh, surprised me on the answer. I always thought that there would be a lot of debate on how the quote unquote stairs would look like. But to him, he knew it. He knew it from when he was writing the script. He knew exactly what those stairs were going to look like. And, and that I fascinated me. I remember him telling me that on FaceTime. Uh, it was because I, you know, sort of had the, the idea, oh, it's like these, you know, it's like a wooden staircase or whatever that's mm -hmm. built into the top of the cliff or whatever. And he said, no, 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 no. And he had this, this very clear vision. Yeah. And I remember on my side. Um, I was just blown away. I'm like, this is, this is weird. It's yeah. weird. 
and amazing. Exactly. It fits right into that mythology. Now, you said just a few minutes ago, this was one of the most physically grueling takes you have ever done. Uh, how much of a toll did it take on you? Which sequence did you find the hardest? I mean, you were thrown in mud, the whole van sequence. For you particularly, which sequence was the most physically grueling? Uh, the moment we moved to night shoots, which was pretty early on, you know, it's, it's been so long now since we did it, but I feel like we were about a week or so during the day, and then we moved to night. And the moment we moved to night, there was a lot of running um, nonstop, and, and that was physical. But I think it, was, it must be the night where I fall into the swamp blood yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, For me, that was probably the, the most physical because I was using my, my own body. That's me. It's not a stuntman. No. Um, you know, I'm tripping over a root. I'm, you know, I'm falling in. Um, and because it was... Once you get that stuff on you, you're not going to take a shower. No. You know, it's just like we're, we're moving so fast um, and you're in the middle of the woods. You're not, you know, there's no sort of like, you know, gym shower you no. can go in. Um, so you're wearing that for the for the amount of time that you're shooting. And it was, you know, we were shooting 12 hours, you know, nonstop. So even I got to I think I'm going to post this picture tomorrow on Instagram and Twitter. It's me at lunch. Um, I can't remember. I think it was might, might have been state. Someone took this picture of me eating lunch. It was in the middle of the night, and I've, I've got like this this blanket over me with you know blood and mud and all this stuff all over. And I'm just trying to get a few bites in. Um, it, it sort of it encapsulates the entire feeling that you know. But I wouldn't have it any other way. No. Like for me, it's it's when you get to have, be that physical. It keeps you in the moment. It keeps you in the character. It's just like you're 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 driving the bus and you don't want to pull over. You know, you want to keep going. I actually had a specific question about that mud scene where you do fall into this mixture of mud and what ends up being remains. What was actually used? Was that actual mud or was it some kind of special effects concoction that they put together for you to wear for that scene? You know, I don't remember, to be honest with you. I, I, it must have been, there must have been mud. I know they used water. There was definitely some sort of, you know, bloody type mixture um, that was all swirled together. But I didn't, you know, I didn't ask, and I was cool with jumping in whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> Watching the end product uh, of the stairs, which moment did, uh, you know, if you could say scared you, obviously you were there, you were shooting it. It's hard to scare you when you've actually saw how it was done. But which scene really impressed you uh, without giving away any spoilers? Uh, you know, when you watch the final piece and you're like, all right, this this is pretty damn good. I think it must have been the stuff in the van, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, because, uh, you know, the, the night we were, we were filming that, um, you know, Peter was, was so great to work with because he was so collaborative, mm -hmm. you know, like he had his vision, but he left room for you to play and, and to try things out. And that particular night was, it was raining and we're in this van and, you know, I'm surprised I didn't have to do any ADR because, you know, they had to, they, they put a tarp over it or something to save it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just didn't know how it was going to go. And we we're, 
we were, it was just me and Tyra and the kid and, um, and, um, uh, Brian, I think on camera and our sound, like there was, it was so small and, and Peter was just on, on, on the outside of the van and we would just roll and play and then we'd come out and talk to Peter and go back in. I just didn't know how that, that whole sequence was going to come together. So that was a huge surprise. Yeah. What I also loved was the dirty Doug. Um, I mean, I love Josh. Uh, he's, he's my boy. We had such a great time together. Um, that whole sequence uh, also uh, I thought was really cool, the way that they filmed it going bouncing between, you know, sort of reality and the dream sequence and him getting sort of, you know, pulled along. The camera work on that was, was beautiful, beautiful. Now, just speaking about the character of Dirty Dog, when we get introduced to him uh in the beginning of the film you're like oh god he's going to be one of those characters but i found myself as the movie went along i began to really like his character uh do you feel the same way uh i mean yeah, do you credit josh, that to josh completely josh um had this ability to take sort of this unlikable character yeah. And infuse humanity in him, and and he 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 um, gave again part of, of of what's great about the script is that there's there's this room for us to sort of fill in the blanks a bit. Mm-hmm. We've got our the dialogue, of course, and we know the sequence of events that are happening. But but in any script, there's always it's the dialogue sometimes becomes incidental. It's all the space in between mm-hmm. where it really alive, right? And Josh had this this beautiful ability to take this unlikable character. And give him heart. Yeah. And yeah. and he at the end of the day, even though he's dirty Doug, he cares about his friends. He mm-hmm. he wants to protect. He wants to you know to make sure that they're okay. And he will go to whatever lengths to ensure that. Um, it, Josh did a beautiful job. Really, yeah. really beautiful. Job he did. He did. He was really great. Now, Peter, when I asked him this question, uh, as you mentioned earlier, this leaves room for more either a sequel or a prequel and peter said he really would like you know if if offered he would rather do a prequel as to the story he says there's a lot more to fill in uh on the prequel side of things now having done this movie and you know getting a look into peter's mind on this mythology what is your takeaway from you know this these stairs and the woods what do you take away from the story that is told in the stairs i definitely have my own ideas of what it is um because like you uh, said the movie which i love like you do is not spoon-fed to us it leaves it to viewer interpretation and i'm curious what yours is i'm trying to think of the best way to say this without giving too much away First of all, I think that um, it would be totally cool if you did like a Godfather Part Two mm-hmm. scenario where and we bounce flat. between the past. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, because there there is so much um, story that's left that's that's not told. You know, um, what what are, why where are these stairs? You know, why are these stairs there? Um, is it another dimension? Is it is it something that's pulled from the future from the past? Um, there's room for terrestrial. Discuss- extraterrestrial absolutely it leaves room for for all these possibilities uh personally i feel like we should do a sequel and then do a prequel to just get more of like let's let's carry on and try and discover more before we find out Mm -hmm. 
where like the, the you know the sort of the root of where it's come from let's keep guessing a little bit more but he's the writer so i can't you know, whatever you <laughs> want but i you know it's certainly another dimension it's a when we go in these stairs we are not no. in present time <clears throat> uh, and we know that for sure right off the bat mm -hmm. right um so it's another dimension my theory is that we are we are not only in a different dimension, but we're not on this planet. Okay. I don't think we're on this planet. I think we've it's a black hole or whatever in the middle yeah. of the wood. And that's um, what that's makes it that's what makes it fascinating because it's just open to everybody's interpretation. So let's move on okay. now to surreal estate. And for you guys that are our viewers out there that are not familiar. So Real Estate is four episodes in. It's available on the Sci-Fi Channel. And let me read you the official synopsis for anyone that's not familiar. It's uh, The synopsis reads like this. Realtor Nick Roman and an elite team of specialists handle the cases that no one else can. Haunted and possessed houses that literally scare would-be buyers away. Now, to start off with... I love this concept because it's it's unique. It's never been done. Sure, the whole buying a haunted house, moving into it has been done to death, you know? But to focus on a group of people, uh, part of the selling of a house business whose job is to go to real estate that is known to have spirits in there, find out their roots, origins, cleanse it before the house is sold, is something we have never seen before on TV. And that is what attracted me to the show. So how did you, you play the role of Father Phil Orley. How did that role come your way? So this was last summer. We're right smack in the middle of COVID. Um, it came to me uh, through, so Jason Knight was our casting director um, and Again, sort of got the audition. Um, it was uh, this huge monologue uh, that George had written. And it was, it was a beautiful piece because it had a lot of information about the character. So not only did I get a lot from the breakdown, um, but, and in the first episode, you know, there's not much of Phil. Um, so it, to, to sort of create this entire character that you're going to play for 10 episodes that we know of, I needed more, really. I mean, an actor would, would love yeah. more. And, and George gave, gave me more in this monologue uh, where you know about his history. You know why he's doing certain things. And um, um, so, yeah, so I put this, this, this piece on, on tape. We sent it in. Um, and the rest was history. Honestly, with this one, because of COVID, uh, they tested our tapes. Like, there was no sort of chemistry reads or anything like that. Um, it was sort of like, here's, here's the product. Here's the character that I'd love to play. They said, cool, we dig it. Um, and I was on a plane to Newfoundland to, to film the first season. Now, where did the way surreal estate go is like you guys filmed the pilot and then sci-fi got on board or was it a sci-fi project from the beginning? And not only did you film the pilot, you continued shooting the episode subsequent to it. Yeah, sci-fi was on board from, from the beginning. So sci-fi, um, and in Canada, I believe it's CTV sci-fi. I don't know the business end of, of all of it, but sci-fi is definitely our network in the States. And mm -hmm. they 
uh, gave a 10 episode order from from the beginning okay. uh, um, they, they believed in the project and, and George and, and um, as you've already said it's such a, a unique and fun concept I read it and I was like how has no one done this before yeah like how you know like it's one of those magical moments um, so yeah we got a 10 episode order um, we went and we filmed all, all 10 now explain your role as the priest in the show to our viewers what is you know, your role as the priest on surreal estate. So I, I, um, one of the first films, a horror film I saw was exorcist. So <laughs> when I, the shirt I'm wearing, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I saw the exorcist probably way too early. My dad showed me probably before I should see it, but I remember, I remember seeing the exorcist. I'm like, I'm not scared. I'm amazed. I want to know more, <laughs> you know? So when this opportunity to play a priest, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. Um, Phil is um, a fallen priest. Uh, he uh, grew up in the church, in the Catholic church. And, um, you know, he, he started there um, and, and devoted his life to that because he wanted to fight evil. He wanted to perform the exorcisms. He wanted to cast out demons from this world. Um, and where he ended up was sort of a parish in middle America and, um, was dealing with people that stole rotisserie chickens at a grocery store. You know, it's not what he thought it was going to be. Yes. And then um, he was also essentially cast out um, for who he is. He's a gay man, and the church did not accept him for mm -hmm. who he is. And that brought to light a lot of the hypocrisy um, that he saw in the church, and he, he left. Um, weird that he found sort of a home at this real estate group, but uh, that's where his home was, where he he now could do what he wanted to do in fighting evil. This in this scenario, selling houses at the same time. But he's the he's the research, researcher extraordinaire. He's the yeah. one that lives in the libraries, that analyzes, that finds out the information that other people can't find. You know, hall of records type stuff. And that for me, I mean, again, I love Ghostbusters. So all that kind of stuff, the library scene. And Ghostbusters, for me, I was like, oh, this is beautiful. But he's also the guy that will use his muscle. He'll use brawn to, yeah. to fight. And certainly in, in, in the upcoming episode, which is totally cool, it's going to be on Friday the 13th, um, we see him sort of going you know, muscle to muscle with a demon. Now, there are several factors in this show that make it so great. One of them is it's really great soundtrack. It seems to really guide the energy of the show. How do you think that plays into the scenes and how things are acted out? Uh, that's just one of the many aspects that make the, the show so good. Oh, completely. It's, it's beautifully composed. Uh, you know, we, have, we all have our own themes um, that our lovely composer Spencer put together. It, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, you know, with horror films, not only does the music guide you, Right. And sort of sets up the tone of what of what you should be feeling and experiencing mm -hmm. in that moment. But for me, you know, being a fan of Hitchcock, it's the silences yeah. that sort of volumes and being able to play with the, that that sort of, you know, the music. And uh, it really adds a whole other level to the show. Yeah. Now, the another aspect that makes the show so good is how it takes its time with the character building. And a good example of that is how the background stories are revealed for each character. They're not rushed. Uh, it's a nice, slow burn 
uh, storytelling. Do you like that aspect of a show on television? You know, we don't know how long serve real estate. It can go on for eight, ten seasons. I mean, we just don't know. So do you like the fact that right off the bat, they're taking their time to build up these characters and give the audience a chance to grow to know them, fall in love with them and whatnot? I think that, um, for me at least, that's the kind of television that I love. Yeah. You know, I love something that, again, is not going to be spoon-fed to you, that is not going to go for the quick laugh or the quick scare, um, that's going to give you characters that have layers and have um, depth to them. Um, in this day and age, it's a little tough because if you're not, you know, nailing it right off the bat, you have the ratings, you have people that are coming, people aren't even watching things live anymore, so yeah. we've got, you know, everyone's binging. Um, I think at the end of the day, you sort of have to uh, follow your heart and, and give credit to what you, the story that you want to tell, and people will be there to watch. And um, I think the, the arc of this season and, and, and the, la the layers that are revealed in all of our characters uh, are such a, it's such a beautifully um, crafted, uh, it's, it's done in such a, in such a way that you, you do get hooked in. You, you want to see what's happening in these lives. You suddenly become, it's like familial. You want to, you want to know more. You want to see where they're going to go and you get invested on a completely different level. And you don't want to force that. You need the time for it to build, yeah. you know, yeah. um, which is what the show does. I agree with you. That's the kind of TV that I like as well. Now, so real estate is one of those shows that with each passing day, uh, its viewership is growing and growing and growing word of mouth or whatnot. Uh, what has been the reactions you have been receiving from fans in regards to the show? Have they been mostly positive or what? A lot of love, a lot of love from the fans. And, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, there's been so much support um, and people did fall in pretty quickly to characters and sort of associating with these characters um, the response has been extremely positive, you know, and, and, and you sort of, you see, you know, fans that are, are, you know, keeping track on Twitter and on Instagram and again, just showing so much love to us and to the show. Um, again, it's like anything you, you put something out there, you hope it's going to be received. Well, this is a sort of like, you know, gone beyond of what I expected. Are, are you the type of actor with any project, whether TV, movie, whatnot, that you're checking the Rotten Tomato reviews, you're checking the IMDb reviews, or do you know, is that something you tune out? You know, back in the day, I would. Um, I would sort of lean more into that stuff and, and try and figure it out, and I could be somewhat um, logical and analytical, which is, you know, definitely Father Phil. Um, nowadays, I just sort of, I let it be what it is, you know. Um, there, everyone's a critic mm -hmm. for sure, um, and everyone's, um, you know, they have the right to their own opinion. Um, but at the end of the day, if people love it, you know, it doesn't matter what our Rotten Tomato score is. Exactly. Well, I was watching something else the other day, and I was shocked that the Rotten. Oh, it was Armageddon. Armageddon. I freaking love, love Armageddon. That. I'm I right. Love, yeah. I think the Rotten Tomato score is like 38% or 32% or something like that. I'm like, what? That? No. No. No, no, no. Bruce Willis. So, I mean, no, no. I don't, I don't, I don't watch that stuff anymore. I don't, no. I don't look. No, me neither. Me neither. Uh, yeah. 
I did not know Armageddon had a 38% score. That shocks the shit out of me. I know. I, know. That's... I, I saw it. It was on Peacock, and it, it was like 38%. I'm like, this is no. There's no way. It's no, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Sorry, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I love it too. I think I've seen it well over a dozen times. Now, uh, viewers uh, hesitant to start new shows because you have to admit, we're just overloaded with content right now. And there's only so many shows that people can watch. Uh, a, a lot of the, it's been, uh, so real estate has been met with mostly critical praise from all the critics. And they are telling uh, their viewers to give it more than an episode. It's a slow burn, but really interesting way of telling a story. Uh, do you agree with that? Hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I've seen, I've actually been able to see them all, <clears throat> uh, and uh, I've shot them as well. I was there when we were filming. I'm watching them, and I'm. I find myself becoming a fan of this story. And yeah. it's like what you think it is, is not what it ends up being. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it, it changes, it evolves. And, and again, you're suddenly attached to certain characters. And um, again, you think you, you know where it's going. And then there's this huge cliffhanger that sends you in a different direction. What you think you know is false. Exactly. It gets better and it takes you on such a ride. I think like any good television, I mean, we can let's let's use Schitt's Creek, right? Schitt's mm -hmm. Creek as an example, because uh, lovely Tim and Sarah are in it. At the beginning, no one no one knew about it. Nobody mm -hmm. was watching it. It was this show that was sort of hanging around, and they had great support. And all of a sudden, Schitt's Creek became Schitt's Creek. Exactly. And if, if if people didn't give it the time that it needed to grow and to evolve, we would have missed out on something so beautiful and incredible in storytelling. Same with Seinfeld. Seinfeld was on the chopping block for the first three seasons. Mm -hmm. if, we, if we chopped it, which it probably would in, in this day and age, we our pop culture would not be what it is now because of it. Exactly. So, I, I you know I think that any sort of uh, series needs that time to yeah. breathe. The way I see it is, no show is going to be an automatic hit after the first season. It rarely happens, and if it does, and a for some reason, the example that comes to mind on a show that gained popularity really fast is Lost. Yeah. yeah. And that went a long time, but it really waned as and it got weirder and weirder as time <laughs> went on. Now, it's interesting. Lost, though, because Lost, it was. It was so impactful. It, it, incredible storytelling. But then they started copy, copying mm -hmm. Lost. It's like, stop copying something that's already been done. Do Take that risk. Do something yeah. more. Exactly. Um, anyway, now uh, you're, you you play a Catholic priest in surreal estate, as we just said. What kind of research uh, did you do into Catholicism, into the character you were playing? Did you go deep diving uh, into researching? Uh, I did, I did um, because I I sort of knew uh, bits about Catholicism, um, didn't know as much as I needed to know. Um, I, I definitely was able to draw on Phil's sort of stance and belief um, with organized religion in, in the Catholic Church and whatnot. Um, I have my own sort of uh, theories and, and, and ideas. Um, but, you know, there's certain rituals that are in the Catholic Church that I didn't know of, and, and I had to perform one 
uh, in the show. So I, I definitely went uh, uh, in depth in that. Um, but but it was it was something that while I could I could draw on the human qualities to him, uh, the Catholic Church is something completely different. Yeah. Uh, and so I went deep dive for sure. Yeah. Now you grew up uh, in a Jewish home. Now what did you learn uh, that I don't know you had no idea before about Catholicism and exorcisms and some of the traditions carried on by Catholics. Well, I sort of um, realized that um, Judaism, Catholicism, we're all fucked up. <laughs> That's true. That's no joke. <laughs> <laughs> We've got that commonality, yeah. you know. We're yeah. all riddled with guilt, and you know, it's just it's it's not far off from each other. Um, no, with with Catholicism, um, you know, there there is there is a lot of similarities between the two religions. Um, the, the big thing with Catholicism, though, is that, you know, there is heaven and hell, right? Judaism, there's no heaven and hell. There is this sort of, um, the, the reason why you do things, um, you don't ask questions. You do it because it's done. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't, you're going to hell. And that sort of belief in this heaven and hell um, idea is very real for these people. And so when, when Phil is confronting his sexuality, and everything that he's been taught is you're you can't be gay. If you're gay, you're going to hell. Going to hell. You know, um, that's a that's a huge difference. Um, and, uh, now, look, Judaism also is is sort of fearful around sexuality and, and whatnot. But at least you're not going to hell. Yeah. You know, um, but sort of doing that deep dive on that. But but also the 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 church's resistance for this growth. Why why are we so close minded? Why isn't there this acceptance? Because if you look at that, the teachings of Jesus, it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. What he was saying, what he, his uh, uh, guidance at the root of it all is is something that we really should all live by. Yeah. Um, and and I think that that's uh, for Phil. He holds on to that, um, which is which is beautiful. But for me, I, I needed to go into understanding what that was. Um, because dogma and, and the organization of religion really clouds all the beauty that comes from it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Now, let's touch on the paranormal aspect. Um, are you the type of person uh, in real life where you're a skeptic, kind of person where I need to see it to believe it? Or are you, uh, you know, open-minded to say, hey, you know what? We don't know everything. I'm definitely open-minded. I think I lost the light here. I don't know. Oh, you're still no, fine. You're good. Now you're good. See what's happening. No, I uh, I'm one um, that that believes. I believe in things that cannot be explained. There are things out there that um, we, in some ways, we can open up our minds to bring in. But for the most part, people are afraid of what they can, of the unknown. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm like. There is stuff that, that has happened to me personally in my life um, that is strange, um, that there's no real explanation for, um, and maybe one day we'll have that explanation, but you don't have to see it to believe it. Yeah. More often than not, you feel it. Yeah. You know, you, feel, you walk into a room, uh, you know when someone was talking about you or someone was in a fire or whatever, you can feel that energy. Mm -hmm. Likewise, 
you, I've walked into rooms where I'm like, there is something in here. Someone is, is watching you, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there is thick in here, and I shouldn't be here. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's I, a presence. I totally believe in that. I've never had an experience, but I'm the kind of person, I don't want to have an experience to be a believer. I believe in it. Uh, I believe in the whole energy and all that, but I personally don't want to experience it. It would scare the shit out of me. I'd go running completely in the opposite direction. I'm a believer. I don't need to see it to believe it. Now, does the surre surreal estate use uh, any kind of practical effects or is it mostly CGI? No, we definitely, there is a blend. There is definitely a blend uh, between the two. Um, I also do, I was doing my own stunts in this one as well, which I love to do. We had a great stunt team. Um, and a lot of, again, it's like, you guys haven't even seen the stuff that's coming yet. Like, it's just amazing. Um, they do, we, we do a blend of both, practical and, and CGI. Okay, cool. Now, how do you explain your character's choice of wardrobe? Like, with the Hawaiian shirt. Is there any meaning, symbolism? Is it his way of saying, you know, a big F you to the church. Uh, how do you see it? Completely. I, you know, I, I remember having a, an in-depth conversation with our, our um, uh, head of wardrobe, Allison, and um, she had this vision of, of Phil and sort of his, his what he wears and, and coming from, um, you know, the collar. Um, he's breaking away from that. He doesn't want to be restricted he doesn't want people to tell him what he has what he can wear he can wear whatever he wants and mm -hmm. sort of that freedom to do so now he his wardrobe changes as as the season goes on um you know the hawaiian shirt makes its appearances but but again it's sort of this for him this freedom to he can wear what he wants mm -hmm. don't tell me what to do um if i want to wear a sweater i'm going to wear a sweater if i want a hawaiian shirt if i want to wear big bulky boots i'm wearing those you know what i mean yeah uh, it's a definite F you to the, to the church, um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, now, in the first episode, I believe, uh, new girl, Sarah Levy, a.k.a. Susan mm -hmm. Ireland, walks in. We see the group being pretty critical about her. Why do you think that is? Uh, do they think that she just doesn't know what she's getting into and is coming into the situation really naive? We, we had conversations about that. Um, uh, I believe what we were, we were talking about was that she wasn't the first. Mm. So, so um, we, other people would sort of come and go. Um, and so it was sort of like, do we trust this person? But also, it's this new person that's sort of pissing on our territory. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, in, in, in sort of discussions with George, um, Phil was sort of, you know, Luke's right hand man. Like this was, it was, it was almost there was a a, a partnership there that Susan sort of crushes um, when when she comes in. Okay. Uh, yeah, definitely. Though Zoe, played by Savannah, um, has the most resistance um, to her. Sort sort of gives her the, the the hardest time. Yes. Now your character splits time between let's call the office and actually being at the location that they're doing the investigation on. If you had a choice, would you rather your character spend more time at the locations as opposed to being in the office? In the field, definitely in the field. I mean, he wants to be where the action is. No doubt. No doubt. 
Now, you know, like we said, the story has never been done before, which is one of the aspects that makes surreal estate so unique and exciting. Uh, now, was the uniqueness of that story, did it give you an extra layer of excitement in getting involved with this project? Like this has never been done before. We're breaking new ground with this story. Completely, completely. Again, it's it's always amazing when you can have the conversation with the creator of the show and find out his vision and 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 not only the concept of the show, which is unique and amazing, but like finding out that they wanted like the tone they wanted to sort of do an homage and throwback to the seventies horrors like Rosemary's Baby, Exorcist, mm -hmm. which we do right off the bat is is a complete homage to that. Um, it, it's it's exciting. It's exciting, and and again seeing. Every script that we would get, it was always like, okay, well, what's coming this week? You know, what what's the house that we're going to be dealing with? You know, what's the what's the you know the malevolent being that we're going to have to deal with? Um, it got really exciting, and then as as the the scripts came in, and George, with our phenomenal writing team, um, would would craft these stories that um, again, it's just every every script got better and better and better, which I agree. is amazing. Yeah. Now, as we all know, television, film has an impact on people in their real lives. With Surreal Estate, what are your thoughts, uh, people who watch this show, the concept, them actually trying to do this in real life? I, I mean, you can have negative feelings because there could be negative consequences for those people. It could be a good thing. Personally, how do you feel about someone attempting this in real life? To, to have a, a, a real estate agency that specializes yeah, in that? Yeah, yeah. Like oh. somebody, you know what? That's a good idea. I mean, God knows okay. we have a, a thousands of amateur ghost investigators now. Imagine them organizing into small groups where their sole task is doing what you guys are doing on this show. Completely. All the power to them, man. I'm like, all for it. If they if they can if they can cast out the ghosts and the demons and all that, and they can uh, they can sell some homes in the process and, and help these people, you know, make a profit or buy their their you know their uh, their dream home, I say go for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now I may need to call you and use you one day, whoever you are. <laughs> now you know television is evolving so rapidly right now. While we're still in COVID, hopefully trying to get through COVID. Uh, studios, distributors are trying to find a way to keep money coming in but, and keep the content flowing. Uh, this question is regard to what are your feelings to, uh, you know, big time distributors like Netflix dropping an entire season at once or as opposed to like what cable television was in the old days and still does today, like with Surreal Estate where we get one episode per week. Do you like the one episode per week, get people hyped up, worked up for six days until the next episode? Or do you think it's better to give someone a chance to watch a whole season in two days? That's a really good question because I obviously do both, right? Yes. I love to be in shows mm -hmm. and watching White Lotus right now, um, which is amazing. And, yeah. and that's coming out once a week, you know? And so, um, uh, I think, I think it comes down to, to the show, to be honest with you. Um, I think that there's, there's a place for, uh, a, a series that is bingeable that you want someone to, you know, be able to, 
do it at their own, uh, you know, leisure, uh, however they want to watch it. The, the, the sad thing about it, though, is that the shows aren't given a chance because we're sort of in this middle ground between the old system and the new system. Um, like parents, I said, there's I, trying to fi- every studio is trying to figure out a new model that is going to work. Yeah, I think, look, I think HBO has got a great model. Um, I think that that they hook us in with, with some great content. Um, I think sci-fi is doing that, you know? Sci-fi is getting some real great content. You know, uh, Resident Alien is a great series. Mm-hmm. Surreal Estate is a great series. And it's getting people to come back and watch these shows. Um, you know, I don't know if we have the ability to keep up with, with producing content that's only bingeable. Yeah. You know, I don't know if, if that's realistic. Um, you can definitely do both. And I, and I feel like if that's being done, if a show is only being released once a week, then you have to give it time to breathe. Yeah. You just have to do it. There has to be a different sort of approach to that. It can't yeah. be it can't wait on the same level as a bingeable show. Yeah. And you, we've also seen a lot of shows that move over to Netflix and become huge hits. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's like, well, they've already been canceled on this show on this you know station. And then people are asking, well, give us another season of, of whatever. And it's like, well, it's already been canceled. It's not, no way that's going to happen. A good example so, of that is the, the show Lucifer. Fox canceled it. Netflix picked it up. It, its viewership skyrocketed. Uh, and, and even within the streaming services, uh, not all of them drop seasons at once like Netflix does. A good example is... Uh, what is now Paramount Plus used to be CBS Early Access. They have stuck with the with the gut with the playbook of one episode per week, you know. And the sci-fi, uh, not sci-fi, uh, FX does the same thing on Hulu with the new American Horror Stories, uh, one episode per week. At the end of the day, I think you know each studio is going to decide for themselves what's best. For their company and for their viewership. Now, um, obviously, are, well, first of all, are you guys done shooting uh, all of the ten episodes for season one yeah. of Surreal Estate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you give us a hint? Are we going to get more of a backstory into your character uh, as the show progresses this season? Yeah, absolutely. So this Friday. Um, this episode, uh, the fifth episode, is a huge episode for Phil. Um, we, we get a huge amount of information. He goes back to the church. Um, he confronts um, people um, that he hasn't seen in a long time. He has an extremely beautiful conversation um, with um, his father, like the father, um, that he hasn't spoken to in, in, a, in a long time. Um, so, so this episode is a big one for him. Um, and that continues as, as each episode goes on, you know, uh, we, we find out definitely all more layers of fill, um, are revealed, but like, even like this last, the last episode of the season, which I'm not going to tell you too much about, but you, you, you really find out backstory to, to everybody and, and, and beautiful performances are done by everyone in the cast. Um, Savannah, Sarah, Mo, uh, plays August, um, and, and, and Tim continues, you know, with, with Luke to just, again, it's why I go back to say what you think it is. It's not like it's, it's going to a place that people just, 
just wait, you'll see. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now we're all, we're almost out of time, but I want to say you've had a, a very nice long career. You're at the cli- well. The question is, would you say where you are right now? You're in the uh, peak or getting to the peak of your career, where everything is really starting to come together for you as an actor. Like I said, with the stairs coming out tomorrow surreal estate who knows how long it can last it could give you i mean going like job security you can be on surreal estate for the next four to eight years as far as you know we don't know so how do you feel about your career and where it is right now the way i've always looked at it is sort of like climbing a mountain right when you climb a mountain you're going you're climbing up and and you see the peak right and and you start to climb and um you have these steep moments, you know, where you're getting, you're, you're going really far. And then you have moments that, that sort of feel like you're going down, you're in a valley and then you'll go back up again. But even when you're in that valley, you're still taking steps forward to that peak, you know? And so it's the journey continues. Um, all you need to do is take that next step forward. And then when you get to that peak, suddenly you go, Oh, that's not the peak. That's the peak. And then you keep climbing and you get to that peak and you go, no, 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 no. That's the peak and you keep climbing. And so um, that's the way it is, is that one, stop worrying about the peak. Just worry about the next step in front of you. You'll get there. Um, But uh, there are these moments and certainly this this feels like a peak, but no doubt I'm seeing another peak. Exactly. uh, That I'm excited to climb. You know what I mean? It's just for me, it's as long as you keep hiking that mountain, you're going to reach those peaks. And yeah. and for me, it's always been long game. I'm not doing this until I'm dead. Exactly. And I got to say, I'm very happy uh, just to see, I've been, I've been following you for a while and to see where your career has gone. And I'm excited to see where it's going to go. The Stairs coming out tomorrow, guys. It's a great movie. Please go out and watch it. Uh, if you can't go to the theaters, I'm sure it's going to be coming out on video on demand very soon. Uh, check out, um adam's uh show on sci-fi so real estate you're not going to be disappointed especially if you're a horror fan in particular the paranormal subgenre in horror which is my favorite adam it's been an absolute delight talking with you any final thoughts you want to share with our viewers before we go no man it's been so so fun talking to you as well uh, let's do this again for absolutely sure. absolutely got to bring you back because i'm gonna have a lot of questions at the end of this season of surreal <laughs> estate and Done. i hope and i hope sci-fi does the right thing and pick it up man for a second season because it definitely deserves it uh anyway i want to thank everybody for tuning in i want to thank again adam corson for being our guest tonight We'll be back with you again tomorrow. And until tomorrow, on behalf of Adam and myself, stay safe and always stay walking. Good night, everyone.